Good morning, everyone. This is Donna, and I am happy to be here with you this morning on Monday, November 16th. I am looking out at sunshine. It is a beautiful, sunny day with blue skies. And we have some wind, which I personally love. I love the wind. And I love when the winds get really high because to me, it's like a cleansing. It's like washing away all that's not healthy. And uh, I like to just open my arms and stand out there in the wind and allow it to just cleanse me, cleanse my thoughts, wash out all the cobwebs. It really does inspire me and uplift me, and I feel refreshed and renewed. So that being said, welcome, welcome, welcome to living and loving life. And that's what this program is about. And this morning, I would like to address something that I was reading about while I was having my breakfast. Um, I am behind in my reading all the time, so bear with me because you will hear me quote from articles that are out of date always, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just a fact of my life. I have so much reading to do that I love to do. I love to read. I'm an avid reader, and I recycle. As soon as I finish a book, it goes down on our free table. We have a free table in our community, and it's a great way to recycle, so People put out clothing and household items and books and DVDs and CDs and um, you name it, food, food that they've gone through their cupboards and they found food that they're not using or they have four cans of uh, peas and so they will put it out. And it's been a wonderful system, especially during COVID when a lot of uh, the citizens aren't going out shopping when people have lost their jobs, highly recommend it. So on that note, um, the community that I like embracing comes in the form of magazines to me. It supports my beliefs in how I live my life. And so this morning as I was having my breakfast, I was reading an issue of Mother Earth News. Now, for those of you who are interested in organic food, organic farming, um, or have farmed, or are organic already and want to get some information that you don't already know, Mother Earth News is the go-to. So this morning I was reading the August-September 2019 issue. That's right. Just a little more than a year behind. And... What a great issue. So the, uh, one of the editors was speaking about feral bees and feral bees and how he has been creating hives from feral bees that he has brought into these hives and how well they have been doing. So it was a wonderful article to read. And the readers who write in have so much valuable information that they share. So it's a wonderful community of readers who share information and contribute articles, and I was really enjoying it. When I've, I've noticed when I eat and I'm reading, I'm not gulping my food down, I'm enjoying it more, and I'm learning at the same time, 
and I'm getting through my reading materials. So this was actually out of the stack and on my kitchen table for a month. <laughs> but there were four other magazines with it. <laughs> so this is the, the last one, I believe, out of the five magazines. So actually, I just started it this morning. It will not be sitting there much longer. One of the articles I read was called Food Waste Solutions. And it's an article by Amanda Sorrell. And Stalia was pretty eye-opening. At the time this was written a year ago, there was up to 40% of U.S. food supplies that ended in landfills. Can you imagine? 40%. And that comes at a great financial and environmental cost. While denying, at that time, 40 million Americans who didn't have food. His children weren't getting meals at home. So there's something seriously wrong with this picture. Wouldn't you agree? Seriously wrong. That we have 40 million Americans starving or nutritionally deficient. His children go to school on empty stomachs, even if they are at home during COVID. And yet 40% of our food is going into landfills? That, there, there's nothing right about that. There's nothing acceptable about that. And so in Amanda's article, she gives some great information and talks about some solutions. And that's what a good article should do. Not just scare us with facts, but show us the roadmap out of there. So she says that providing insight as to how, where, and why our food goes to waste is what's going to help us. And in 2016, the nonprofit called Refed, R-E-F-E-D, that's Florida, Environment, Delaware, is guided by a coalition of business, nonprofit, and government leaders. They released a roadmap to reduce U.S. food waste by 20%. This was in 2016. It studied, outlined 27 steps towards reducing food waste over the upcoming decade. And you can go online and look up a refed that's capital R, lowercase e, uppercase Florida Environmental Delaware dot com slash solutions. But I'll give you a, a capsulation of what she wrote here. So uh, to prevent access, one very simple way is to cut back on overproduction and overstocking. Now that comes in the form of the manufacturers comes in the form of the stores that are buying the products to put on their shelves, and it comes in the form of the consumer. So as, let's say, a manager of a department store, let's say a large store like Walmart, something that I know I have found in 
all the stores I go into, but particularly Walmart and Target, is that items that I'm buying on a regular basis, I'm buying every week and I'm buying for a family of five or seven at one point, they're out of it all the time. And I know I'm taking home three quarters of what they have when they have it. So their system of restocking was not working. And that's an item that's selling. And then there are other items that you see on the shelf and they don't move. So those numbers need to come down. The numbers they're buying on those products need to come down. The numbers on the products that they are selling need to be increased. And by doing that, they're going to reduce waste. And the other end of it is the people buying the products are using them, not abusing them. So um, the free table in our community, that is when people go through their cupboards, however many times a year they do that, and let's hope that we're all doing it at least twice a year. I would say ideally three times a year to go through and say, okay, what do I not need? What has been sitting here that I haven't used? And you have two options. You can use it. Okay. Let's say you went to Costco or BJ's or Sam's and you bought six cans of peas and use the first three cans right away because you had them, you just bought them, so they went. And then you didn't make anything with peas for a while. Maybe the kids didn't like them that much, so you went back to the broccoli, they liked better, whatever it was. And those cans have been sitting there. So you have two choices. Do I then incorporate it into my meals again, or was the resistance by my family that great that it's just going to be wasted and I'm going to throw it out with whatever food they didn't eat Take those cans and donate them. Donate them to a food bank. Donate them to a shelter. Put them on a free table. Uh, senior centers, and now this is pre-COVID, but senior centers would have a free table where that could be done. Staff and members would go and bring in items, and staff and members would enjoy receiving items off of that table that they could use that somebody else no longer needed. So we're talking clothing, we're talking food, we're talking household items. We have gotten excessively over the line with what we have in our homes because we've gotten away from buying for what we need and we indulge ourselves too often on what we want. And what we want is always going to be a luxury. What we want, and I'm talking about the fact that you, got, you already have your need. What you need is taken care of. You are not one of the people who are finding themselves without necessities, like shelter, food, warm clothing. We are talking of people who have all that covered, and they are buying excessively, buying on the whim of a family member who for that moment is on a tangent of eating, oh, I don't know, popcorn with cheddar cheese, and then they get bored of it, and here you have all these bags 
of popcorn that don't get eaten because it was just that one child or two out of the five family members that were at that time eating it. So when we shop, we need to consider if it's something new, instead of buying the six pack, just buy one and see how well it goes. Even though you're going to spend more money and economically it might seem you would have saved if you bought the six, but if that's only going to end up in a waste, in a landfill, then that was a waste of money and a waste of food. So let's rethink how we go about our grocery shopping and our shopping overall. How many of us have clothing in our closet, at least 20% that we don't wear, either because it's the wrong size or the wrong color, we don't have the shoes anymore that we bought for it, uh, et cetera. Okay, so I would like us all, I know this is usually a spring cleaning kind of thing or a fall cleaning kind of thing, but before the holidays come, okay, we still have another week, too. I would like you to go into your closets, every closet, every cupboard, in the bathroom, in the bedrooms, and in the kitchen, on the bookshelves in the living room or the den. And I would like you to go in there and I would like you to remove everything, everything that is no longer serving your needs. Everything you haven't used, if it's clothing you haven't worn in a year, if it's medications and facial products and skincare products and cleaning products that you haven't been using because you just weren't that happy with them, put them all together. Now, if it's something used like makeup, you're going to throw that away. Okay, can't pass on used makeup or used anything opened, skincare, lotions, can't pass that on. But if it's unopened, if it's in good condition, then either bring it to a restore, which is run by Habitat for Humanity, a wonderful organization that sells what is donated and then takes that money to buy the supplies it needs to build homes. You're going to bring it to a shelter or somewhere where they are still giving out to those in need. Because of COVID, the senior centers are closed. You can't bring it there. If you live in a senior community, is there a table in a common area that can be used as a free table? I know we have that in our community. People put out, there's the items I mentioned, food, clothing, household goods, books, CDs, DVDs. And as one recycles it, another brings it in and enjoys it. And it just works great for everybody, especially since people aren't getting out as much, especially the seniors, especially since people have lost jobs. This is a nice treat for them maybe to have a good hardback book to read that they really will enjoy. And they don't have to be on a time frame to get it back to the library. They can enjoy it and use it and pass it on. So uh, let's start thinking of minimizing our footprint here, okay? We should only have a small footprint, meaning what we leave behind. And we need to start focusing when we go out shopping on what we need versus what we want. doesn't mean you cannot have those other items. 
but it means you need to carefully think about how much of it you buy, how relevant is it, are you having, are you in the midst rather the throes of um, retail therapy? Are you going through a hard time and you just want to eat cake and ice cream and get through the hard time or buy just to buy because it makes you feel good during the hard time? Even in the midst of that, you can still more conscientiously buy something that you're going to use. So I'm going to share with you two rules. One, I learned while I was in fashion, uh, college for fashion, I was going to go into fashion design. And I had a business, particular business in mind. And the other, I passed on from that same concept. But I also heard about that, sorry. Okay, same concept, but it's used in two different ways. One is with buying, shopping, what we uh, wear. And the other is shopping for food. So here's the deal. When you are building a wardrobe or redoing your wardrobe, the rule of thumb in fashion is to have, or it was back then when I was learning this, two main colors for your warm weather wardrobe and two main colors for your cold weather wardrobe. So let's say in the summertime and spring, I'm going to be wearing pink and turquoise. Those are my two colors. And all the different shades and use around that is what I buy, focusing on those two main colors. Now, your neutrals, your beige, your white, your black, your brown, those are neutrals. Those don't count. You still have those in your wardrobe. The other, let's say for the fall and winter season, I choose taupe and salmon. And or taupe and teal. I'll go with taupe and teal. Okay. Again, everything I buy is within those two color categories. It is extremely more efficient to build a wardrobe that way because everything you buy can then be integrated into every aspect of your wardrobe. And one rule of fashion is you never buy anything that's only good for one outfit. Even if everything in that outfit goes together, but they're all only going to be used when used together, that is still buying that garment for one outfit, those accessories for one outfit, the shoes or coat for that one outfit. You don't do that. What you do is you stick to your colors and you will be amazed how however many years later you go to the store and you bring something home and it matches perfectly with something you already had. Now, that has been happening to me after 20, 25 years. And the thing is, if you think, well, I know what shade of pink that is, I'm going to go to the store and find something to match it. No, it doesn't work that way. Within 15 minutes, you will have forgotten what that shade looks like. You think you remember, so you come back home with the item and you realize no. So another hint is if you're going to hem a garment, take a swatch of the piece, you cut off the hem and keep a little, like a coin purse or something with swatches that you can refer back to. Because I learned that even if I take a picture with my iPhone, it is not the same color. That picture in that photo on my phone is not the same color. It is not going to do me any good. 
So whenever possible, or wear what you want to buy for the day you go out and shop for something to match it. That's a good way to do it. But over time, you're going to naturally be drawn to the exact shades you need. And so it eliminates waste. What you have in your wardrobe, you're going to wear with several different outfits, and you will be able to mix and match to your heart's content. That goes for women as well as men, or men as well as women. The other is based on food. Now, I don't remember the TV chef that said it, but it was the same advice that any time you get a recipe you want to try and there are ingredients that you don't have in your cupboard, before you buy the curry or the tarragon or the particular grain of rice, go and pull up two other recipes out of your cookbooks or online that have those same ingredients. Each item in your pantry should be used for several recipes. Otherwise, you know how it goes. You use it for the one recipe, the family doesn't like it, you never make it again, and the curry just sits on the cupboard. And then eventually it expires. And you'll know when it expires because if there's no date on there, the coloration will change. It'll no longer be as vibrant as it was. So which isn't to say that when the color changes, that moment you need to throw it out, that could be due to conditions in your home if you have a very warm kitchen or a very dry kitchen. So be just really cognizant of what you buy. And if there's no expiration date, write the date you bought it on there. And then you'll know how long you've had it. Because something might be technically not expired, but then you cook it and you realize, yeah, no, that didn't work. The rice tasted stale. The flour in that bread tasted stale when you made it. And it was a waste of your time and your money. So let's just work to be really conscientious of everything, okay? Um, in the article, she mentions reusing which is, and recycling, which is what we're talking about here now. So there is a, um, the company, it's a um, nonprofit. It's called Food Shift Kitchen out of a housing community. And it's a catering service that processes food waste from produce suppliers into plant-based fare for local businesses. It trains and hires the people who live at this community, many of whom live below the poverty line and face multiple barriers to employment. The kitchen's profits subsidize products for other agencies serving food insecure populations, as they've termed it, and that's a wonderful organization to contribute to, to support, and possibly to, so the Food Shift Kitchen is something you might want to Google and see if you can't maybe create something like that in your community. Okay? But let's say that these kitchens in these restaurants and in hotels, motels, 
and other establishments that serve food, restaurants, let's say that those chefs didn't overbuy. Now, we all know how hard it is sometimes to know, especially, I imagine, if you're serving meals to a transient or a population such as guests in a hotel. You get different people coming in, different people of different taste. Uh, what sold a month ago very well is not selling on the menu as well. And here you've brought the produce to make what you think is going to be selling, and now you have to throw that out. That's different. That couldn't be helped. But if you keep doing it, hoping those meals will start selling again, you're just throwing money and food away. Need to tighten up on that. Same thing with our families. So um, that's one way we can divert unused food ending up in the, in the uh, landfill. And what we're trying to bring back, as you know, is no plastic. So this means having grocery stores that have bins of dried goods that you would bring your own container, you would pour that into it, and then it would be weighed on a scale and you would pay per pound. So we're talking all grains and seeds, like lentils, sunflower seeds, chia seeds, peanuts and nuts, all of these things which can be kept outside of a refrigerated area, cereal, okay? Anybody who's watched Gilmore Girls remembered the Yale kitchen, that they, dining area they would all go into, and there would be these plastic containers filled with Fruit Loops and Cheerios and uh, Wheaties and whatever else cereal. The, they would just lift up the, the little window and the food would pour out into their bowl and then they would pay for their bowl of cereal. It's that same concept. So uh, it's a wonderful system. It needs to be integrated because we need to get away from plastic, desperately away from plastic, okay? And that's how we can do that. I would be so happy to hear of other suggestions, other things that you've used or have known of in your community that is being done. Please write to me either at Facebook page Living and Loving Life or at a life for joy at yahoo.com. You can write me at either of those and let me know um, what you and your family are doing or your community is doing. I'd love the feedback. I am wishing you a blessed, healthy, happy week this week. Go out and enjoy this beautiful world. Love yourselves. Love your families. Love life. Okay, guys, love you. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. This is Donna, and I am happy to be here with you this morning on Monday, November 16th. I am looking out at sunshine. It is a beautiful, sunny day with blue skies. And we have some wind, which I personally love. I love the wind, and I love when the winds get really high 
because to me it's like a cleansing. It's like washing away all that's not healthy. And uh, I like to just open my arms and stand out there in the wind and allow it to just cleanse me, cleanse my thoughts, wash out all the cobwebs. It really does inspire me and uplift me, and I feel refreshed and renewed. So that being said, welcome, welcome, welcome to living and loving life. And that's what this program is about. This morning, I would like to address something that I was reading about while I was having my breakfast. Um, I am behind in my reading all the time, so bear with me because you will hear me quote from articles that are out of date always. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just a fact of my life. I have so much reading to do that I love to do. I love to read. I'm an avid reader. And I recycle. As soon as I finish a book, it goes down on our free table. We have a free table in our community. And it's a great way to recycle. So people put out clothing and household items and books and DVDs and CDs and um, you name it. Food. Food that they've gone through their cupboards and they found food that they're not using or they have four cans of uh, peas. And so they will put it out. And it's been a wonderful system, especially during COVID, when a lot of uh, the citizens aren't going out shopping, when people have lost their jobs. Highly recommend it. So on that note, um, the community that I like embracing comes in the form of magazines to me. It supports my beliefs in how I live my life. And so this morning as I was having my breakfast, I was reading an issue of Mother Earth News. Now, for those of you who are interested in organic food, organic farming, um, or have farmed, or are organic already and want to get some information that you don't already know, Mother Earth News is the go-to. So this morning I was reading the August-September 2019 issue. That's right. Just a little more than a year behind. And what a great issue. So the uh, one of the editors was speaking about feral bees and feral bees and how he has been creating hives from feral bees that he has brought into these hives and how well they have been doing. So it was a wonderful article to read. And the readers who write in have so much valuable information that they share. So it's a wonderful community of readers who share information and contribute articles. And I was really enjoying it. When I've, I've noticed when I eat and I'm reading, I'm not gulping my food down. I'm enjoying it more. And I'm learning at the same time. And I'm getting through my reading materials. So this was actually out of the stack and on my kitchen table for a month. <laughs> but there were four other magazines with it. <laughs> so this is the, the last one, I believe, out of the five magazines. So actually, 
I just started it this morning. It will not be sitting there much longer. One of the articles I read was called Food Waste Solutions. And it's an article by Amanda Sorrell. And Stalia, it was pretty eye-opening. At the time this was written a year ago, there was up to 40% of U.S. food supplies that ended in landfills. Can you imagine? 40%. And that comes at a great financial and environmental cost. While denying, at that time, 40 million Americans who didn't have food, whose children weren't getting meals at home. So there's something seriously wrong with this picture. Wouldn't you agree? Seriously wrong. That we have 40 million Americans starving or nutritionally deficient. These children go to school on empty stomachs, even if they are at home during COVID. And yet 40% of our food is going into landfills? That, there's nothing right about that. There's nothing acceptable about that. And so in Amanda's article, she gives some great information and talks about some solutions. And that's what a good article should do. Not just scare us with facts, but show us the roadmap out of there. So she says that providing insight as to how, where, and why our food goes to waste is what's going to help us. And in 2016, the nonprofit called Refed, R-E-F-E-D, that's Florida, Environment, Delaware, is guided by a coalition of business, nonprofit, and government leaders. They released a roadmap to reduce U.S. food waste by 20%. This was in 2016. It studied, outlined 27 steps towards reducing food waste over the upcoming decade. And you can go online and look up a refed, that's capital R, lowercase e, uppercase, Florida Environmental Delaware, dot com, slash solutions. But I'll give you a, a capsulation of what she wrote here. So uh, to prevent access, one very simple way is to cut back on overproduction and overstocking. Now that comes in the form of the manufacturers comes in the form of the stores that are buying the products to put on their shelves, and it comes in the form of the consumer. So as, let's say, a manager of a department store, well, let's say a large store like Walmart, something that I know I have found in all the stores I go into, but particularly Walmart and Target, is that Items that I'm buying on a regular basis, I'm buying every week and I'm buying for a family of five or seven at one point, they're out of it all the time. And I know I'm taking home three quarters of what they have when they have it. So their system of restocking was not working. 
And that's an item that's selling. And then there are other items that you see on the shelf and they don't move. So those numbers need to come down. The numbers they're buying on those products need to come down. The numbers on the products that they are selling need to be increased. And by doing that, they're going to reduce waste. And the other end of it is the people buying the products are using them, not abusing them. So um, the free table in our community, that is when people go through their cupboards, however many times a year they do that, and let's hope that we're all doing it at least twice a year. I would say ideally three times a year to go through and say, okay, what do I not need? What has been sitting here that I haven't used? And you have two options. You can use it, okay? Let's say you went to Costco or BJ's or Sam's and you bought six cans of peas and used the first three cans right away because you had them, you just bought them, so they went. And then you didn't make anything with peas for a while. Maybe the kids didn't like them that much, so you went back to the broccoli. They liked better, whatever it was. And those cans have been sitting there. So you have two choices. Do I then incorporate it into my meals again, or was the resistance by my family that great that it's just going to be wasted and I'm going to throw it out with whatever food they didn't eat? Take those cans and donate them. Donate them to a food bank. Donate them to a shelter. Put them on a free table. Uh, senior centers, and now this is pre-COVID, but senior centers would have a free table where that could be done. Staff and members would go and bring in items, and staff and members would enjoy receiving items off of that table that they could use that somebody else no longer needed. So we're talking clothing. We're talking food, we're talking household items. We have gotten excessively over the line with what we have in our homes because we've gotten away from buying for what we need and we indulge ourselves too often on what we want. And what we want is always going to be a luxury. What we want, and I'm talking about the fact that you, got, you already have your need. What you need is taken care of. You are not one of the people who are finding themselves without necessities, like shelter, food, warm clothing. We are talking of people who have all that covered, and they are buying excessively, buying on the whim of a family member who for that moment is on a tangent of eating, oh, I don't know, popcorn with cheddar cheese, and then they get bored of it, and here you have all these bags of popcorn that don't get eaten because it was just that one child or two out of the five family members that were at that time eating it. So when we shop, we need to consider if it's something new, instead of buying the six-pack, just buy one and see how well it goes. Even though you're going to spend more money, and economically, it might seem you would have saved if you bought the six. 
But if that's only going to end up in a waste, in a landfill, then that was a waste of money and a waste of food. So let's rethink how we go about our grocery shopping and our shopping overall. How many of us have clothing in our closet, at least 20% that we don't wear, either because it's the wrong size or the wrong color, we don't have the shoes anymore that we bought for it, uh, et cetera. Okay, so I would like us all, I know this is usually a spring cleaning kind of thing, or a fall cleaning kind of thing. But before the holidays come, okay, we still have another week, too. I would like you to go into your closets, every closet, every cupboard, in the bathroom, in the bedrooms, and in the kitchen, on the bookshelves in the living room or the den. And I would like you to go in there and I would like you to remove everything, everything that is no longer serving your needs. Everything you haven't used, if it's clothing you haven't worn in a year, if it's medications and facial products and skincare products and cleaning products that you haven't been using because you just weren't that happy with them, put them all together. Now, if it's something used like makeup, you're going to throw that away. Okay, can't pass on used makeup or used anything opened, skincare, lotions, can't pass that on. But if it's unopened, if it's in good condition, then either bring it to a restore, which is run by Habitat for Humanity, a wonderful organization that sells what is donated and then takes that money to buy the supplies it needs to build homes. You're going to bring it to a shelter or somewhere where they are still giving out to those in need. Because of COVID, the senior centers are closed. You can't bring it there. If you live in a senior community, is there a table in a common area that can be used as a free table? I know we have that in our community. People put out, there's the items I mentioned, food, clothing, household goods, books, CDs, DVDs. And as one recycles it, another brings it in and enjoys it. And it just works great for everybody, especially since people aren't getting out as much, especially the seniors, especially since people have lost jobs. This is a nice treat for them maybe to have a good hardback book to read that they really will enjoy. And they don't have to be on a time frame to get it back to the library. They can enjoy it and use it and pass it on. So uh, let's start thinking of minimizing our footprint here, okay? We should only have a small footprint, meaning what we leave behind. And we need to start focusing when we go out shopping on what we need versus what we want. doesn't mean you cannot have those other items, but it means you need to carefully think about how much of it you buy? How relevant is it? Are you having, are you in the midst rather the throes of um, retail therapy? Are you going through a hard time and you just want to eat cake and ice cream and get through the hard time or 
buy just to buy because it makes you feel good during the hard time. Even in the midst of that, you can still more conscientiously buy something that you're going to use. So I'm going to share with you two rules. One, I learned while I was in fashion, uh, college for fashion. I was going to go into fashion design. And I had a business, particular business in mind. And the other, I passed on from that same concept. But I also heard about that. Sorry. Okay. Same concept, but it's used in two different ways. One is with buying, shopping, what we uh, wear. And the other is shopping for food. So here's the deal. When you are building a wardrobe or redoing your wardrobe, the rule of thumb in fashion is to have, or it was back then when I was learning this, two main colors for your warm weather wardrobe and two main colors for your cold weather wardrobe. So let's say in the summertime and spring, I'm going to be wearing pink and turquoise. Those are my two colors. And all the different shades and use around that is what I buy focusing on those two main colors. Now your neutrals, your beige, your white, your black, your brown, those are neutrals, those don't count. You still have those in your wardrobe. The other, let's say for the fall and winter season, I choose taupe and salmon. And or taupe and teal, I'll go with taupe and teal. Okay, again, everything I buy is within those two color categories. It is extremely more efficient to build a wardrobe that way because everything you buy can then be integrated into every aspect of your wardrobe. And one rule of fashion is you never buy anything that's only good for one outfit. Even if everything in that outfit goes together, but they're all only going to be used when used together, that is still buying that garment for one outfit those accessories for one outfit, the shoes or coat for that one outfit. You don't do that. What you do is you stick to your colors and you will be amazed how however many years later you go to the store and you bring something home and it matches perfectly with something you already had. Now, that has been happening to me after 20, 25 years. And the thing is, if... You think, well, I know what shade of pink that is. I'm going to go to the store and find something to match it. No, it doesn't work that way. Within 15 minutes, you will have forgotten what that shade looks like. You think you remember. So you come back home with the item and you realize no. So another hint is if you're going to hem a garment, take a swatch of the piece you cut off the hem and keep a little... Mm, like a coin purse or something with swatches that you can refer back to. Because I learned that even if I take a picture with my iPhone, it is not the same color. That picture in that photo on my phone is not the same color. It is not going to do me any good. So whenever possible or wear what you want to buy for the day you go out and shop for something to match it. That's a good way to do it. But over time, you're going to naturally be drawn to the exact shades you need. And so it eliminates waste. What you have in your wardrobe, you're going to wear with several different outfits. And you will be able to mix and match to your heart's content. That goes for women as well as men, or men as well as women. 
The other is based on food. Now, I don't remember the TV chef that said it, but it was the same advice that anytime you get a recipe you want to try and there are ingredients that you don't have in your cupboard, before you buy the curry or the tarragon or the particular grain of rice, go and pull up two other recipes out of your cookbooks or online that have those same ingredients. Each item in your pantry should be used for several recipes. Otherwise, you know how it goes. You use it for the one recipe, the family doesn't like it, you never make it again, and the curry just sits on the cupboard. And then eventually, it expires. And you'll know when it expires because if there's no date on there, the coloration will change. It'll no longer be as vibrant as it was. Which isn't to say that when the color changes, that moment you need to throw it out, that could be due to conditions in your home. If you have a very warm kitchen or a very dry kitchen. So be just really cognizant of what you buy. And if there's no expiration date, write the date you bought it on there. And then you'll know how long you've had it. Because something might be technically not expired, but then you cook it and you realize, yeah, no, that didn't work. The rice tasted stale. The flour in that bread tasted stale when you made it. And it was a waste of your time and your money. So let's just work to be really conscientious of everything, okay? Um, in the article, she mentions reusing which is, and recycling, which is what we're talking about here now. So there is a, um, it's a company. It's a um, nonprofit. It's called Food Shift Kitchen out of a housing community. And it's a catering service that processes food waste from produce suppliers into plant-based fare for local businesses. It trains and hires the people who live at this community, many of whom live below the poverty line and face multiple barriers to employment. The kitchen's profits subsidize products for other agencies serving food insecure populations, as they've termed it, and that's a wonderful organization to contribute to, to support, and possibly to, so the Food Shift Kitchen is something you might want to Google and see if you can't maybe create something like that in your community. Okay? But let's say that these kitchens in these restaurants and in hotels, hotels, and other establishments that serve food, restaurants, let's say that those chefs didn't overbuy. Now, we all know how hard it is sometimes to know, especially, I imagine, if you're serving meals to a transient or a population such as guests in a hotel. You get different people coming in, different people, different taste. Uh, what sold a month ago very well is not selling on the menu as well. 
and here you've brought the produce to make what you think is going to be selling, and now you have to throw that out. That's different. That couldn't be helped. But if you keep doing it, hoping those meals will start selling again, you're just throwing money and food away. Need to tighten up on that. Same thing with our families. So um, that's one way we can divert unused food ending up in the, in the uh, landfill. And what we're trying to bring back, as you know, is no plastic. So this means having grocery stores that have bins of dried goods that you would bring your own container, you would pour that into it, and then it would be weighed on a scale and you would pay per pound. So we're talking all grains and seeds, like lentils, sunflower seeds, chia seeds, peanuts and nuts, all of these things which can be kept outside of a refrigerated area, cereal, okay? Anybody who's watched Gilmore Girls remembered the Yale kitchen, that they, dining area they would all go into, and there would be these plastic containers filled with Fruit Loops and Cheerios and uh, Wheaties and whatever else cereal on the they would just lift up the, the little window and the food would pour out into their bowl and then they would pay for their bowl of cereal. It's that same concept. So uh, it's a wonderful system. It needs to be integrated because we need to get away from plastic, desperately away from plastic, okay? And that's how we can do that. I would be so happy to hear of other suggestions, other things that you've used or have known of in your community that is being done. Please write to me either at Facebook page Living and Loving Life or at a life for joy at yahoo.com. You can write me at either of those and let me know. Um, what you and your family are doing or your community is doing. I would love the feedback. I am wishing you a blessed, healthy, happy week this week. Go out and enjoy this beautiful world. Love yourselves. Love your families. Love life. Okay, guys. Love you. Have a great week.